believer in Christ, have you been praying for divine intervention or God's help in real, overwhelming needs in your life? Have you asked Jesus to immerse and envelop you in the power of the Holy Spirit? The same power that he operated in to heal the sick, cleanse lepers, cast out demons, raise the dead, and perform mighty miracles is available to you today through the same baptism in the Spirit that he himself received. The next few minutes can revolutionize your life as you learn how to be clothed with power from on high. Welcome to the Real Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Lambert. In an hour when deception and apostasy is rampant on earth, the need for proclaiming the real truth has never been more desperate. Jesus prophesied, An hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshiper. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Proclaiming the real truth of the written and rhema prophetic word of God that he is revealing in this hour is our goal, affecting real change in the hearts and minds of believers in Christ in order to fulfill the purposes and plans of God is our purpose. Friends, Throughout this teaching series, I am leading you on a journey to discover the real truth about a matter second in importance to none except salvation itself, which is the matter of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Each segment of teaching is one vital link in that journey, which leads ultimately to the real truth concerning the role of the third member of the Godhead in your life, whom Jesus himself called the Helper, that is, the blessed Holy Spirit, the living waters of God. God says in Hosea 4.6 that his people, that means born-again believers, Christians, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Ignorance or lack of knowledge concerning spiritual matters not only is not bliss, but it is an open gateway to devastation and destruction. Jesus taught that the knowledge of the truth sets free, which inherently means that what you do not know of the truth will keep you in bondage. The unfortunate truth is that many born-again believers are being held captive by lack of knowledge of the truth and deceptions concerning this critical matter of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. 
Now, some of the main points I am going to be establishing and providing scriptural support for during the course of this teaching are that, one, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a separate and distinct or adjunctive experience to the infusion of the Holy Spirit that takes place at the moment of salvation. Two, regeneration by the Spirit, that is, salvation, the new birth, and the baptism in the Holy Spirit are two distinct and separate workings of the same Holy Spirit. In salvation, the Holy Spirit comes to live within the believer, imparting the fruit of the Spirit, that is, the regenerative work of the Holy Spirit. In the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the believer is enveloped by, or immersed in, the Holy Spirit, that is to say, the Holy Spirit comes upon the believer, in contrast to in the believer, and imparts the gifts of the Holy Spirit. These facts are clearly supported by Scripture and are exemplified by the experience of Jesus himself, who is our supreme model. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Jesus explicitly stated that the baptism in the Holy Spirit will be given to any believer who simply asks him for it. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is a gift of grace received by faith and often imparted through the laying on of hands by other anointed believers. This is Stephen Lambert. We trust you're enjoying this episode of the Real Truth Podcast. You can submit your comments and questions at realtruthradio.com. There is much distortion, misunderstanding, and diverse teaching regarding this matter of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But in this chapter, we're going to start our journey to unravel all of that distortion and confusion and arrive at the real truth regarding this absolutely vital matter. The first point I want to make about this matter is that Jesus was born of the Holy Spirit in a similar way as believers are born again. It was not necessary for Jesus to be born again because he was not born of the sin nature as are humans, but of God the Father. And that's an important starting point because we as believers were born into sin by our natural birth. And then we must be born again, John 3, 7, in order to be born from above, as Jesus was already born, really in his case begotten, from above, 
See John 3, 31 and 8, 23. The first one is Matthew 1, 18 through 20. The Gospel of Matthew begins by saying, quote, The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, end quote, and then goes on to list all of the generations that eventually produced Mary, who, as we know, was a young virgin woman who God chose as the human mother to give birth to Jesus. This account in Matthew, in other words, is a delineation of the maternal lineage of the Christ. And then in verse 18, it says, quote, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows, end quote. Notice that this is about the birth of Jesus Christ. Quote, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. End quote. She was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. In other words, what this is talking about, as we know, it was what some call an immaculate conception. That Jesus was not born through the normal procreation process. Rather, at the time when the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, the Holy Spirit supernaturally inseminated the womb of Mary with the divine seed, sperma, in the Greek, of the Son of God. So it says that, quote, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit, end quote. This is telling us that both the substance, that is the seed, and the resultant child, and the process were by the Holy Spirit. This was no ordinary birth, but entirely supernatural by the working of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. But when he had considered this, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 1, 19-20 So we see that with regards to the paternal side of Jesus' fleshly life, he was born of the Holy Spirit not as a result of human procreation or seed. Now, this is an important point because the way born-again believers are born from above is that we are born again or spiritually regenerated. That is, our formerly dead human spirit, Ephesians 2.1, is regenerated, revived, or reborn from death through the supernatural working of the Holy Spirit in regeneration. Remember that Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again, John 3, 7. And this is why it is vital that when a person is born again, the transaction that takes place be a real regenerative transaction that transpires through the regenerative work of the Holy Spirit. Being born again, it is imperative to understand, is not merely turning over a new leaf, like a New Year's resolution. It is not deciding to do better. It is not a resolve to do better, 
Rather, it is literally our human spirit being reborn, thereby producing a new creature in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5:17. And like Nicodemus asked of Jesus, how can I go back into my mother's womb and be born again? We cannot go back into our mother's womb and be born again. But Jesus wasn't talking about physical rebirth, rather a spiritual rebirth. He answered him by saying, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. When we're truly and literally born again, not simply having walked down a church aisle and shook a preacher's hand, it's not that that makes you born again. It's not joining a church that makes you born again. What makes you born again is receiving the Lord Jesus Christ, sincerely, earnestly praying to receive Him into your heart, believing that God has raised Him from the dead, confessing with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, Romans 10.9. Then the Bible promises that we are born again, in that our spirit is reborn from spiritual death. As Jesus said, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. It's our human spirit that is born again when we receive Jesus into our heart. The words heart and spirit are interchangeable in biblical parlance. And that's the most important point when we begin to study the matter of the regenerative work of the Holy Spirit as compared to the second work of the Holy Spirit, which comes in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Enjoying this podcast? Please take a minute to pray if the Lord would have you to help us with the substantial financial burden of this program. We receive no grants or funding from any organization or government agency and no other means of support than the gracious and generous giving of our listeners. SLM Inc. bears the entire burden. In about 30 seconds, you can donate at paypal.me forward slash SLM Inc. Again, that's paypal.me forward slash SLMINC to give any amount. Thank you for your gifts, generosity, and graciousness. Continuing with our starting point regarding this greatly misunderstood matter of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is that Jesus was born of the Holy Spirit, and so therefore it was not necessary for him to be born again, as redeemed human beings are. Quote, we must be born again, Jesus said, John 3, 7. But it was not necessary for him to be born again, and we already looked at one passage of Scripture that talked about that in Matthew 1, 18 through 20. Now, we want to look at one other passage of Scripture as support for that first point I'm making, that is Luke 1, 26 through 28. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, 
to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this statement, and kept pondering what kind of salutation this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. Notice that statement. That is such a truth-charged statement. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power, dunamis in the Greek, of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason the reason that the Holy Spirit has come upon her and that the power of the Most High has overshadowed her, for that reason, the holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. It is important that you retain that thought, that it is for that reason that he shall be called the Son of God, because we shall see that point being further established later. And Mary said, Behold the bondslave of the Lord, be it done unto me according to your word. Now, friend, if you want to know the precise moment Jesus was conceived in the womb of Mary, that is the point. That is the juncture right there. When she said, despite her not being able to comprehend how this could be, she did not disbelieve it, Behold the bondslave of the Lord. She was saying, I am your bondslave, Lord, whatever you want, be it done to me according to your word. At that very moment, Jesus was conceived in her womb by virtue of her receiving the implantation of the seed of God into an unfertilized human egg. Now, friends, it is the same way when we are born again. We say, be it done to me according to your word. The word is Jesus. The word that was made flesh and became the incarnate son of God, Jesus. And when we accept the living and abiding word of God in our hearts, the Bible says we are at that moment born again, regenerated, spiritually revived by the Spirit. We accept him into our heart. Mary accepted what the angel of the Lord said, a message or word from God in her heart. And at that moment, the sperma of God, which means the seed of God in the Greek, was implanted and the word made flesh was conceived in her womb. 
It is in like manner that each of us is born again, by accepting, receiving the seed of God, the Word of God, Jesus, into our spiritual womb, our heart, or human spirit. And so again, we find in all of this that it was not necessary for Jesus to be born again in the way humans must be born again, because Jesus was the seed of God, the Son of God, God the Son, who was born of the Holy Spirit. He was begotten from God. He was not born from the human lineage that was contaminated with the sin nature going back to Adam. But it was necessary that Jesus first be born or birthed into humanity as a human, taking on a human body, human form, in order that he could become the incarnate Son of God who the angel spoke about. Later, we'll also see the precise moment when Jesus became the beloved Son of God in whom God the Father was well pleased. Friends, I hope you understand how vital this teaching is you are hearing. The real truth regarding the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This issue is the most critical issue to the Christian life after salvation itself. It is for that reason that our adversary, the devil, has continued to do all he can to hinder and, if possible, preclude believers from receiving it. Since that fateful day when Jesus himself the heavenly prototype of the sons of God was baptized in the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit descended upon him in the form of a dove as a visible sign of the coming of the Holy Spirit and the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was first poured out upon the church imbuing them with power from on high. In the 2,000 years plus that have transpired since, no other single issue has been more controversial, fiercely debated, and bitterly divisive in the annals of church history. And that should not be surprising at all because the last thing on earth that Satan wants people to know is the real truth regarding the inexhaustible and uncontainable supernatural power that is made available to every believer who receives of this same immersion in the Spirit. It is the same baptism that John, the original Baptist, declared he needed to receive from Jesus. It is the same baptism with which Jesus himself, as the prototype of the sons of God and our ultimate model in all spiritual things himself received, which elicited the divine vocal response from heaven, 
This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Friends of God, if you have even the slightest desire to be well-pleasing to God, there is no other way to achieve that place of standing with our Heavenly Father than following in the path laid by the heavenly model who came to earth as a man to show us the way to fellowship and favor with the Father and likewise receive of this indescribable gift of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That same outpouring of the Spirit is still flowing yet today, and it is available to every believer who understands that if Jesus himself needed the empowerment that came upon him through the baptism in the Holy Spirit to begin his ministry and perform the works of power he demonstrated, then certainly they must also have that empowerment in their own life if they are going to fulfill Jesus' prophecy that believers would do the works that he did and even greater works than he did. It's available to you today, friend, but you must take a step of faith and follow in the footsteps of the original Baptist and tell Jesus you recognize that he is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit and fire and ask him to baptize or totally immerse you in the living waters of the Spirit of God. He will do it, but he testified that you must ask him for the Holy Spirit's baptism. Now, if you want that baptism in the Holy Spirit I've been talking about and would like to know more about it and how to receive it, I've written a book and even recorded an audio book of the book that will help you with that. The book title is Dunamis, Power from on High. Dunamis, Power from on High. Now this concise book explains what the baptism in the Holy Spirit is, the scriptural precedent and proofs regarding it, how to sort out the real truth from all the diverse teaching that exists concerning it based on Scripture, and it provides some simple explanation for receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And if you have not done so yet, I want you to have this special book and or audio book I've prepared for you to help you understand it and to receive 
this powerful working of the Holy Spirit in your life. So I am making the book itself available to you for a donation to the Real Truth Radio program or podcast of any amount. For those of you who can, please make a donation of at least $20 to cover both the publication cost of the book as well as the shipping and handling. And if you can, send more to help us to send the book to someone else who cannot send a donation. However, for those of you who cannot make a donation of $20 or more, we will send you the book for a donation of any amount. So, again, you may request the book separately for a donation of any amount, and if you can, please send a gift of at least $20 if you are able to do so. Now, if you would also like the eight-disc set audiobook to go along with the book, please send a donation of $50 or more to cover shipping and handling for both products and the products themselves. Again, that's a donation of $50 or more to cover shipping and handling for both the book and the 8-CD set audiobook. Now, all in all, this is a value of $100, but we're only asking for a donation of $50. Now, there are three ways for you to place your orders for these products, by U.S. mail, through our website, and even by email, plus an online donation. If you are ordering by U.S. mail, please send your request to The Real Truth, Post Office Box 911, Jupiter, Florida, 33468. Again, that's The Real Truth, Post Office Box 911, Jupiter, Florida, 33468. When you write, be sure to provide the date you heard this program, the website on which you heard the podcast, or the call letters of this station that you heard the program on, along with your name and complete mailing address. Again, our mailing address is The Real Truth, Post Office Box 911, Jupiter, Florida, 334 Six eight. You can also order the book and audiobook online on our website at realtruthradio.com, where you can place your order by clicking on the PayPal donate button to use any bank card which does not require a PayPal account. Again, go to realtruthradio.com to place your order, and where you can also listen to the recordings of all our podcasts. Now, you can also order the book and or audiobook online via email with an online donation at paypal.me forward slash slm inc. 
Now send the email to orders at realtruthradio.com. Orders at realtruthradio.com. And then go to paypal.me forward slash S-L-M-I-N-C to make the donation. Again, send the email to orders at realtruthradio.com and make your donation at paypal.me forward slash SLM Inc. And include a note with your donation indicating that you are requesting the book or the audiobook, or both. Now, please donate at least $20 for the book alone, or at least $50 for both the book and the audiobook, which covers shipping and handling as well for both offers. Now, don't delay. Send for your copy of the book and or the audiobook today. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Real Truth. I'm Stephen Lambert. Please subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends, and visit realtruthradio.com to join our mailing list. Be sure to tune in to the next edition of The Real Truth. Until then, this is Stephen Lambert reminding you that with God, all things are possible and all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to His purpose.